What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Bozar. He's Matt Bozar. Today is Sunday, September 4th. We didn't come out with an episode yesterday as we had planned, but we're coming out with it today. Today is our college football preview. We're going to be going over lots of things. We're first going to be going over the college football playoff expansion because that news came out. I think it was yesterday. Well, no, it was, uh, it was, I think on it was Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Friday it came out and it was pretty surprising to most people, I think, but also if you had listened to Mitchell and I's episode back in August of 2021, you would re- or you would hear that we actually predicted that 12 teams would be the best scenario when talks of college football playoff expansion were starting, but it hadn't really been, it hadn't really been confirmed that there was going to be 12 teams, but Mitchell and I went over all the possibilities of like eight teams, six, even 16 teams, but we thought the 12 teams would be, would be the best format. And that ended up happening. So confirmed 2026 college football playoff expansion to 12 teams that happened on Friday. And then we're going to be talking about that for a little bit. We're just going to be kind of talking about some rhetorical questions and some, some overall big picture questions about that and how that's going to pretty much affect the whole field of college football and also how conference champions are going to, are going to fit into that because we know that conference champions are huge in terms of deciding who gets into the playoff now with just four teams. It's going to be even crazier when there's, when there's 12 teams. So we're going to be going over that and then we're going to give our conference predictions. We're going to go over uh, all the, all the power five conferences, obviously, we're going to be giving our champions. Well, we're going to be giving our championship teams and then we're going to be giving our champions. We're going to be talking about those. And then we're going to have a couple teams in each conference, which we are going to be talking about who we think are going to be interesting teams this year. And last thing is going to be college football playoff prediction. Obviously we're going to predict our four teams that we think are, we think are going to be in the college football playoff this year. And then we're going to be giving our, championship game teams and then obviously our champions and that's going to wrap our episode up it's going to be it's it's a packed episode today matt i uh it's it's definitely one that we are excited about and i know matt matt loves college football and i'm so do i but matt's like matt's always so excited about college football every year so i'm gonna i'm gonna hand it over to you matt what's uh what's going through your mind right now happiness joy all of the positive emotions uh, yes, it's a packed episode because football is back. That's why. Um, college football, yes, this week. Obviously, we're recording this on Sunday after the Saturday games of week one yesterday. We also had week zero last week. Uh, only a couple teams played last week. And then and then kind of everyone had their first full week. You know, we had the first Saturday with all the games and everything going on yesterday. So that was really awesome. And I think that we now kind of also are able to put a little bit of context as to who we think, you know, that the, the, the games that transpired yesterday, obviously are going to kind of have some sort of bearing on what our predictions might be, right. Just kind of getting a first look at all these teams, looking at the scores, how they performed the players that we thought were going to be interesting, the, the, you know, the coaching changes within, within college football, all kind of came to fruition yesterday. And now that we're able to kind of give our full preview on what the season will look like, it's going to be a little bit easier now that we can see, you know, a huge upset like Florida beating Utah, right? We had, uh, you know, Georgia absolutely dismantling Oregon. And so we're kind of, as we go through this thing, kind of, kind of mention those games a little bit, uh, but we at least have some sort of 
understanding about what these teams are going to be looking like based on what we saw yesterday. Regardless, though, this is the college football preview episode, and we're going to give you everything that you need to know. We're going to pick, like Hayden said, pick our conference champions. We're going to pick our interesting teams within those conferences, and then obviously give our playoff predictions and who we think is going to win the college football national championship this year. There you go. All right. Well, without further ado, Matt, let's get right into it. So college football playoff expansion, like I said, it got uh, the news came out that the playoff is going to be expanded to 12 teams when 2026 comes around. Now, that is four years from now, and it's big news now. But I think I think a lot of people are, are kind of forgetting that there's many seasons in between now and 2026, and there's going to be a lot of different recruiting classes that come in and, and you know, make teams better. We're going to talk about those in, in a little bit. There's actually a couple teams on our itinerary for today that, that we're going to talk about that have very good recruiting classes a lot. And, um, and they're probably going to be, well, those recruiting classes are going to, are going to become something that propels them forward in the future. But I think the first thing that we want to talk about here um, and the first question that I'm going to post to Matt is, just overall big picture, how will this look? How will this 12-team playoff look in terms of guaranteed bids, you know, a.k.a. conference champions? Because we all know that right now it's basically there's going to be two. There's there's always two SEC teams, and then it's usually the Big Ten conference champion, and then it's a combination, some sort of like the, you know, the ACC conference champion or the uh, Big 12 conference champion or something like that. Last year we got we, we saw Cincinnati enter you know out of the AAC conference but usually it is one it's one of those combinations um and so we usually see two SDC teams one um, big 10 team and then one kind of miscellaneous team from another conference and usually all of them are conference champions except for that second SEC team right but that the SEC is so good that that second team pretty much always gets in so I'm going to pose this question to Matt um how will how will this 12 team playoff look in terms of conference champions and guaranteed bids do you think that every conference champion is going to get an automatic bid and then also talk about the first round buys that we're going to see um, from those from those top four teams so just to start off and Hayden correctly said the the news articles are saying 2026 that this is going to begin and that's because when the college football playoff was first initiated uh it was in 2012 no 2013 was the first iteration of, of the college football playoff where you had four teams, whatever, and they signed a 12 year contract. Right. So, or, or deal or however, I guess ESPN signed it with, I don't, I don't even know like what I get. It wasn't the NCAA. I don't even know how it, it worked, but either way, it's a 12 year period of this version of the college football playoff with four to four teams. Right. So that's why as they were making all these, you know, choices, discussions, whatever ended up happening in order to get us here to expansion to 12 teams, it was, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. You know, this 12 team playoff is now going to be the new iteration of the college football football playoff because the old one expires in 2026. Now the contract 2020 or 2013, 12 years from that is 2025. Therefore, you know, 2026 is the first year of a 12 team playoff. However, I was reading a lot about the news about this, and it's seeming like they're going to try to make this possible as early as 2024, which is essentially just, you know, two years away, right? Uh, and obviously, as me and Hayden have talked about for, you know, over four hours on our NCAA Doomsday podcast, it's all about money, okay? That's the only reason that all of this is even to 
here to begin with. Now, yes, it's very entertaining, right? And, and you know, you see you kind of have like a bracket style thing where, you know, a team slips up one one game and, you know, they could be done, right? And, and then you have, oh, well, who's going to win now? And who's going to really prove that they're the best team because they can kind of go through the rest of the, uh, you know, beating the rest of the teams and, and you know, whatever else. But the reason that they're going to expand the playoff is because ESPN and the college football playoff committee and the schools and the conferences, they're all going to earn more money when there's more entertainment, when there's more things to market, when there's more games to be played and televised on TV. Right. So that's kind of where we're entering the stage of like, okay, we have a date, but the date right now, as it's being you know reported, that date is the result of the current format, the current format's contract ending, right? Where and then we start a new one. But but again, if if I know anything about college sports and you know just capitalism in general, like these people are going to go after their money and they're going to want to try to get something together as soon as they can. So I'm thinking that it'll probably happen even before 2026. But regardless, just in general, you know, to kind of answer Hayden's question here. I did also read a little bit more into kind of the how it's going to work with the guaranteed bids in automatic playoff berths based on one year conference, all that type of stuff, because we know and similarly to March Madness. Right. I mean, obviously, that's a 64 team, you know, tournament. Um, but if you win your conference in, in college basketball, you you automatically are into the NCAA tournament. Right. So that's like that's the best way to guarantee yourself a spot in the tournament is to win your conference. However, in college basketball, there's like 25 different conferences or no, I think 30, there's like 30 something, 30 maybe. Um, and then that's why it's like half of the, half the teams are already like an automatic bid. And then the other half, the other 32 or whatever, have to kind of, you know, prove their worth, whatever. So, but in college football, there's only 10 conferences. Okay. And so if we're going to do a 12 team playoff and there's 10 conferences, there's a couple ways that this can work. You can either say all 10 conferences all 10 conference champions, right, uh, will get in a, a guaranteed spot in this 12-team college football playoff. Therefore, you know, winning your conference really matters the most because that'll guarantee you a spot. You don't have to be, you know, fighting for your ranking or, or whatever. You win your conference, you do what you're supposed to do. You have a chance to win the college football championship. I think that's probably the the, the most fair way to do it. But here's where, where we run into a problem with this. It's that if you say that, all 10 conference champions are going to make it. You're going to have teams that are in better conferences probably be better overall teams than the teams in the worst conferences who are, despite winning their conference championship, still not as good as these quality teams from other better conferences. Let's put it this way. Okay. Perfect example. Last year, Ohio state, right? They lose to Michigan. At, you know, at Michigan, it, it was a great game. Michigan goes on to win the Big Ten championship, and Ohio State isn't even in the playoff. However, what a lot of people were saying was, well, Ohio State had the best offense in the country last year. Ohio State is is arguably one of the best teams, you know, ever, or at least in that season. And they don't even have they don't even have a chance to compete in the college football playoff, right? So if that's the case, and last year we saw, you know, a team from the Conference USA, UTSA, right now they they were a good team. They were, I think, you know, twelve and one or something. They only lost one game, and it was at the very end of the season to North Texas. Uh, they win the Conference USA, right? And so they get, and theoretically in this new playoff system, they get an automatic bid to the college football playoff. They have a chance to compete for the college football championship. But in that scenario, there's two leftover spots, 
And you're going to have to choose the best teams out of those two leftover spots, right? And so that's where this gets tough, is if you're going to automatically say that, you know, if Southern Miss wins the Sun Belt, Southern Miss gets a spot in the, in the you know, in the college football playoff, but Texas A&M, who is ranked number 15, and they're 9-3, and three, and they have the best recruiting class, and they have a great team, and they just slipped up a couple of times because they have, a, you know, a road SEC schedule against Alabama, Georgia, LSU, all that stuff. Texas A&M's not going to make it, but if Texas A&M lined up against UTSA or Southern Miss in this example, Texas A&M's winning, beating Southern Miss 100 times out of 100, but that's kind of where we get into a little bit of the weeds here, right? And so that's kind of what makes this a little bit different or difficult. I think the other thing that I think is is kind of the preliminary way this is going to work as of now is that the power five conferences and then the best or highest rank group of five team, right? So the winners of the, of the power five conferences and then the winner of the high or the highest ranked winner of the group of five conferences, they all get buys first round buys, right? Then you have essentially a playoff of six teams. So ranks seven through 12. And those are either conference champions from lower ranked conferences or it's only the six best conferences that make that their conference champion gets automatic bid. And then the other six teams are just the six other ranked teams, you know, from seven to 12, it, you know, conference champions go out of the way. Southern miss. Sorry. You win the conference USA. Good luck. Bye-bye. Right. Appalachian state going to be great this year. Probably going to win the Sun Belt. See ya. Right. So there's a lot of different ways that they can work this out. And personally, I like to see the smaller guys get a chance. Usually it doesn't end up in them actually winning the games or, you know, having a chance to win a championship, but to have a chance at all is better than nothing at all. And so in my view, I believe that, you know, the conference champions should all get automatic bids. And then you just pick the two other best teams, which will still have a pretty good chance to win the whole championship, right? As long as they do their business and and, and win the games they're supposed to. And that way you at least have some, you know, some, some, some smaller guys, some smaller schools who never get publicity, who never get televised games, they're able to actually, you know, like make their dreams come true, right? Play on the big stage and, and, and go up against these great teams. I just think that's, I don't know. I mean, that's for me, that's the most fair thing, I think, because you at least give everybody a chance. Um, but who knows? Because like I, like I said, at the start of all this, ESPN, the college football playoff, the conferences, the best teams, you know, all of that, they only care about the money. And if you're going to say that Southern missed, you know, a school that's like half the size of your high school, that school is going to get in over Texas A&M, who's, you know, has has the biggest stadium in, in like, I think the world, uh, you know, like their average attendance is like more than any other sporting event in the entire world, Texas A&M, right? And you're going to say that Southern Mystics don't get over Texas A&M. That's going to be tough. Because Texas A&M, if you had them in there, they're going to make a lot more money for everybody involved. So it's going to come down to money. We're going to see how it works out. Um, but those are kind of my my initial thoughts on this. Um, Hayden, what do you got? See, I respect your, you know, your hopes and dreams of seeing those smaller schools in the in the playoff. But I can tell you right now that's not going to happen. There's, there's absolutely no way that they're going to have the 10 conference champions be in the playoff and like you said southern they're they're not going to let southern miss in over a team over the third even like the fourth ranked sec team i think i mean it's not i, I just think there's no way that they're going to do that because like matt said it's pretty much all about the money at this point it's all about viewership it's all about ratings and basically just getting as many people as you can to watch and to pay attention to the playoff now i would say that a, a huge 
huge part of the end of the college football season is just looking at the college, the possible college football playoff teams and looking at scenarios, you know, basically the week before conference championships is when college football talk just ramps up exponentially because you have all these different scenarios of, you know, Oh, if this team is, if this team wins the big 10, then this team is automatically in. And then this team is out. But then if this team wins the big 12, Oh, they could get in. And then if, if the other team in the in the Big Ten Conference Championship loses, then that Big Twelve team is automatically in. You know, you have so many, you have so many different scenarios and so much talk about who's going to get into the college football playoff. That that wouldn't be, I mean, that there would be kind of no talk if there was just ten conference champions going into the twelve team playoff because, right there, you would just have to sit there and be like, okay, well, let's just wait for conference championship weekend and, uh, yeah. Great guys, we've got two teams to talk about. Um, you know, other than the other than the ten conference champions, so I don't think that it's going to be like that again. Like Matt said, it would be cool to see the the smaller guys get a chance, but also, not only are you going to lose the excitement about talking about all the different scenarios of of who's going to make it in, who's not, you're also going to lose a lot of viewership because nobody's really going to want to watch those um, you know those preliminary games and they're essentially going to be like bowl games. If you put, if you put the 10 conference champions in there and you put, you know, the, the group of five champions in there automatically, those are essentially going to be like bowl games. There are people that out there that like bowl games and that like watching those types of games like me and Matt, but not your, your average college football fan is only going to watch the game between Alabama and Ohio state or Michigan and like Texas A&M or something like that, if they were to play in the playoffs. So yeah, it's uh it's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I, I kind of hope it doesn't either because, again, that would just be completely unfair to teams that play in such tough, in such tough conferences and very much deserve to be in the playoff. And then there's a, a team like Appalachian State who makes it in over them who, yeah, they might have gone, you know, 10-2 or 11-1 or, or whatever, like there's something like that, but it's, you know, they don't have the firepower to beat anybody that's that's in the playoff already. So. And again, there's also like the there's also the notion that, OK, you're going to have the same champions either way. It's going to be Alabama or it's going to be Ohio State or it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those teams that's going to win in any scenario, no matter if you put the 10 conference champions in there or if you leave it to the highest ranked, the 12 highest ranked teams. Either way, I mean, Alabama is is, is most likely going to win. You know, they're going to have the biggest percentage of, of, of winning that. So you could make an argument for, OK, well, yeah let's just put 10 conference champions in there just for fun, just to see how they play, see how it works out maybe for the first year. And then the second year kind of test out the waters of, of putting in the, the top 12 ranked teams. But I just don't think, I think for, for viewership and, and like ratings and college football talk and what that's what attracts most people. I, I, I don't think there's any way that they put in 10, the first uh, 10 teams or the, the conference champions in that sense. So yeah. Also the first round buys uh, I'm, I'm almost pot. I mean, I haven't read for sure, but I'm almost positive that the top four teams will get the first round buy in this 12 team playoff or in this 12 team format. And so essentially what you're going to have is those top four teams. There are, they're already kind of getting an advantage for being the top four teams. And it's, it's interesting because there's a 14 playoff now. So a lot of people are like, Oh, well, why are you expanding it? Well, you're already kind of giving them an, an advantage with those top four spots, getting a first round buy. So it's kind of like 
you know, they're moving to a different format, but they're also kind of giving an advantage to those teams that would have made the playoff, even if it was still in a four, 14 playoff. So I think yeah. also it either. Yeah, I think you're right. Hayden. it's either four the front top four teams get a first round by or the top six teams either way. Um, I think also in every game in this scenario, the, the higher ranked team is going to be playing at home, uh, which is obviously a, a huge advantage for, you know, all of college football. But I think too, like that at least gives us some sort of, you know, kind, kind of going back to tradition, right? I mean, that's that's really all that this is. It's a regional sport. At, you know, you get really involved in your colleges, your local colleges team. You're, you know, it, there's so many fans of the game and everybody's all involved and everything. So if you have home games for all these, you know, super important, meaningful, you know, championship deriving football games, I think that'll just make it better for everyone too. And also, as Hayden mentioned before, too, the better teams will not only have the advantage to maybe get a first round bye potentially, but even then in that second game after their first round bye, kind of in the second round of this of this 12 team playoff, they'll be playing at home. So they'll you know still have and be rewarded for being one of the best teams in the country during the regular season. All right. Let's get into these conference playoff predictions. Hayden, you got anything else? I was I was just going to ask you if you've read anything on if they're going to shorten the regular season at all. Cause I don't, I don't know for sure if they're going to do that, yeah. but there's no way that they're going to make a team like say, say, I don't know. Let's just say that LSU becomes pretty good in the next couple of years. And they have to be one of those teams that plays in the first round and they make it all the way to the championship. Right. That's like, that's f- I think four extra games that they have to play after the regular season. So there's no way they're going to make him play 16 games. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, they might have to shorten the regular season down to 10 games or something like that. Because again, if you do get an LSU team or some kind of team, that's obviously not going to get a first round bye, but they somehow make it all the way to the championship. They have to shorten the season down. There's, there's no way that they're going to make them play almost an NFL length season. This is another one of those things that they kept saying, because your regular season used to be, I think 10 games and then they moved up to 11 and then they moved up 12 and then they added bowl games. So for a team like us UTSA last year, who, you know, right. They went 11 and one during the regular season. So their 12 game, you know, out of their 12 game regular season, they went 11 and one, they played in their conference championship. They won their conference championship. That's 12 and one, right. They played in a bowl game. They won the bowl game. That's 13 and one. So if you end up playing in a conference championship and a, and a bowl game, you're already playing in 14 games. And I think that that's kind of what's going by the wayside here is like, it's just been ramping up. Right. And again, it's, it's just one of those things that everybody makes more money if you play more games. And I would say at the same time, and this goes back to all the way back to the NCAA stuff too. Like who's deciding that these players aren't allowed to play 16 games. If they want to play, we've even had a discussion on the podcast before. If they want to play 16 games, then fine. Especially in this new area of NIL and, you know, potentially the NCAA or the schools paying the players. If you get paid more, for playing more games, then you're going to play more games. I mean, that would just be, even if you don't play sports at all, right? Like you would do that. I would work more to get paid more. And if you don't, then that's fine. You don't play, right? You'd opt out or you go to the NFL, whatever it may be. So I think it's just going to happen anyway. I think that, you know, we're, we're so used to this idea of, well, we can't make college players play this many games. I mean, think about it. If you play two years in college and you're good enough to go to the NFL, you're going to be playing 18 regular season games and then potentially four more games in the playoffs. So by the time you get to the Super Bowl, right, those teams have played 20 games. And if you're going from playing 12 games to 20, how's your body going to be prepared for that too, right? So it's kind of this, you know, this back and forth thing. And and I think it'll all get figured out. I don't think they're going to shorten the regular season though simply because everybody just makes more money and it's just, that's, that's really all it comes down to. But you have a better chance too, I think, than like, you know, obviously, right, the season will go longer. 
I think there's more entertainment value, obviously, for me as a, you know, lazy guy sitting on my couch eating potato chips. Yep. Exactly. It's uh, it's a lot more, it's a lot better for me, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I think also, I mean, the players, like they love the game. They play the game. That's like all, you know, their entire life revolves around this. And so the, for the chance to play more for your team and, and to potentially win a championship, like, you know, I think they would do it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that makes sense. It, uh, that kind of makes more sense than, than, it, than it did in my head beforehand. But right. I was just thinking like, I, I guess since they are basically increasing the amount of games that these guys play every single year, it makes sense. But again, it's just like, I, I would have, I never would have imagined a team possibly playing 16 college football play or college football games. It just, I don't know. It just seems out of this world, but all right, let's move into the conference predictions. So Matt give uh, let's, let's go through the sec first. We're going to go sec, big 10, big 12, ACC, then pack 12 last. So Matt, you're going to give your uh, championship prediction and then you're going to give your champion and then you're going to give an interesting team. And then I will do the same thing. So we're going to give kind of our, our championship championship game. We're going to give our champion of that conference. And then we're going to have another interesting team that we are going to talk about that may insert itself in the mix of that conference. Um, you know, maybe a surprise to some people this season. And it's, it's they're going to be teams that probably not a lot of people are, are looking into or not a lot of people are researching before the season starts. So, Matt, go ahead. Yeah. And then just a little disclaimer. So the SEC, the Big Ten and the ACC are all they have. Each conference has two divisions and each of the division winners are the teams that play for the conference championship. So as we go through this, you're going to think like Big Ten is, is probably the best example to give here. Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State are the three best teams in the Big Ten, but they're all in the Big Ten East. OK, so only one of those teams is going to end up playing for the Big Ten championship. That's why in a year like last year, you didn't see Michigan and Ohio State both make it to the college football playoff. They probably both should have because they were the third and fourth best teams in the country. Right. But because they were in the same division in the same conference, only one team could play for the college football or for for their conference championship. And so that's why, as you hear us go through this, we're going to have some probably smaller teams that you wouldn't know about or teams that you think are in a conference that you're like, oh, well, they'll definitely make the conference championship. Look up the divisions because that usually has a bearing on what teams are going to be playing for the conference championship. Now, for the SEC, that doesn't really matter because Alabama and Georgia are on either side in either division of the SEC conference. So you have uh, Alabama from the West Division and, and Georgia from the East Division. And I don't think that anybody would say that either of these teams would not make it to the conference championship. They are the two best teams in college football right now. I don't think that there's any going to be any other competition. I think that they played for the college football champ. They played for the sec championship and the college football championship last year. I think it's going to be the exact same situation this year. And if you saw how they both performed just, you know, this past week, you know, for week one, obviously, you know, Georgia's the number three in the country. They beat the 11th best team in the country, Oregon by 46 points. Alabama beats U Utah state 55 to nothing. Um, they're starting out just as well as we thought they would. So that's kind of how that's going to work out now. The SEC West is a lot better, you know, in terms of overall teams than the SEC East is. So in the SEC West, you have teams like LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, right? Teams that are really good that we've, you know, considered a really great teams in the SEC specifically. Whereas on the SEC East, you have Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, probably the second best team is maybe Tennessee, but there's also Florida um, who obviously had a big win last night over Utah, uh, top 10 ranked Utah. So Florida could kind of come out of that and obviously they have a new coach. And so I think they will be pretty good too, but I mean, 
if Georgia and Alabama are on the same side, you know, or in this, you know, in either either division of this conference, they're going to make the conference championship. They're going to play for the conference championship. I have Alabama beating Georgia, um, just because I think. I mean, again, it's Alabama. I think it's so crazy because literally, like after the championship game last year when Alabama lost to Georgia, they interviewed Nick Saban and he was like, "Yeah, this was kind of just a rebuilding year. Like we're actually going to be way better next year." And it's like you literally were two minutes away from winning a championship and you're going to be better next year. What? I mean, you think about it, Bryce Young, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's back, right? They lost two receivers, but that doesn't matter because they have wide receivers like, you know, corn in a field. And then obviously, you know, their defense, Will Anderson's probably the best defensive player in the entire country. He came back. He probably would have been drafted in the first round. He's like, no, nah, I'll just go back and win another championship. So Bama stacked. They're better than last year. Georgia's going to be just as, I think, just as good as they were last year. Maybe, you know, obviously they lost a lot of pieces that, you know, players that were drafted from that defense. But I mean, again, that's just, it's reloading. It's that's, that's, that's all this is conference is in terms of my interesting team. I'm going to go with Mississippi state. They're in the sec West, right? So they're playing LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M, all these other really tough teams, Mississippi state, their coach is Mike Leach. If you remember anything about the air raid offense, which is just passing it constantly, which has kind of transformed the game because now a lot of teams do that. Right. Mike Leach is kind of the godfather of the air raid offense. And he started at Texas tech what way back in the day, Cliff Kingsbury, actually, who's the head coach of the Cardinals right now was Mike Leach's quarterback. When he first started the air right at Texas tech, a little bit of trivia for you there. Then Mike Leach went to Washington state. So quarterbacks like Gardner Minshew, who's now in the NFL, Jaden Delora, who is, I think, at a different team now, but either way, um, they've had great all great years under Mike Leach at Washington State. Mike Leach is now at Mississippi State, so he's kind of taken his like. Oh, I was in the, he was in the Big Twelve, then he was in the Pac twelve, and he did really well there. He succeeded there, and now he's like, all right, I'm gonna take this ultimate test of being the SEC West, the toughest division in all of football. And I think they're gonna be really good. They went seven and six last year, which is not that great, but for Mississippi State standards, like they don't get the greatest recruiting. They don't, you know. You wouldn't expect them to be that good. They had a good season last year, and they couldn't. I think they bring back like almost everybody except maybe two starters uh, for the entire team. The quarterback, Will Rogers, you have probably haven't heard of him, but you're going to by the end of the season. He's going to throw for like five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns uh, because just because of the way that offense works. Uh, and I think so. I think they, they're really a team to watch out for. Someone who you may not think even you didn't even know it was in the sec. Right. Uh, and, and now, you know, they're really going to be competing. I think that they're going to have a lot because teams like LSU, right. You have Brian Kelly now, but you know, that you don't really know what that situation is going to be like, cause it's his first year there. Auburn is always kind of up in the air. They're like a six win team. So teams that you would expect to normally be at the top of the sec are kind of in a, in sort of like in between years right now with their coaches and their recruiting and everything going on. And I think Mississippi state's in kind of a prime position to really take a step up this year. Uh, and I think they're going to be really good. So I'm not predicting them to win the conference by any means because there is Alabama and there is Georgia in their conference. So pretty much everybody else is just kind of doesn't have a chance. Right. But at least I think Mississippi state's going to win, you know, eight or nine games, be really up there at the top of the sec kind of right under uh, Alabama and Georgia. Alrighty. I'm going to, I'm going to go same route with, Bama for Georgia in the in this SEC championship, like Matt said, there's basically no other way that other teams are going to make it to the to the SEC championship, and I think that Alabama is just going to sweep the season. I don't I don't know I I don't see them losing. Like Matt said, it will, will Will Anderson might be like one of the best football players I've ever seen, and I'm and I mean NFL and college. Like he's just he is so dominant. He's probably going to be so if you if you don't know, there's three Heisman finalists. And they've picked from those three guys for the Heisman winner. 
it's probably going to be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Will Anderson this year. I think Will Anderson is probably going to be one of the one of the candidates, just like Aiden Hutchinson was last year. Aiden Hutchinson was an edge rusher, and and I think Will Anderson kind of plays both. He plays like outside linebacker and edge rusher. It's kind of I don't know. They they always send him on blitzes pretty much. I mean, he's just he's one of the fastest players out there on the field at all times, both between you know skills players and and linebackers and stuff like that. He flies to the ball. He made a play last night where he was he was unblocked on a run play, but the quarterback barely even had time to hand the ball off to the running back and shotgun. And Will Anderson just absolutely blew up the running back in the backfield. It, it, the the amount of time it took him to get there was basically just half a second. It was it was insane. He's just uh, he's a freak athlete, and yeah, he's he's one of the fastest, most technically sound players you'll ever see on on a football field. So he's. Um, he's definitely the star of that defense. You know, he's pretty much the heart of that defense and their offense obviously is just always so good. And they, they just, they score points, they put up points and they're, they're so poised. And so, yeah, Bama's going to take that over Georgia. Now, my interesting team for this SEC conference is Texas A&M. We've kind of been talking about Texas A&M quite a bit here as, you know, using them as an example of a team that would, that would love the 12 team playoff format. And that's because Texas A&M, they always seem to have one of the craziest re- recruiting classes, right? They, I think last year, this past year, they had the best recruiting class or the best ranked recruiting class in all of college football, which is a huge It was deal. actually the best recruiting class in the history of recruiting classes. Like in terms of, because yeah. they rate all these guys like okay. 90 to 90, whatever, like overall teams, their average ranking of player. Again, I don't know the exact specifics, but it was the best that there's ever been in the history of a recruiting class, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think they got a bunch of, they got a bunch of linebackers. I'm pretty sure. And, or no, they got a bunch of uh, D linemen. I'm pretty sure. And apparently I think all of their, their whole entire starting D line from last year is gone now, either to the NFL or just, they just graduated. Right. I think that they're going to replace that whole D line with pretty much with a whole freshman D line. That's, you know, that's just insane. And they got a, yeah, they got a bunch of recruits there. And I think, I don't know. They got a couple. I think they got a freshman quarterback as well, who is just one of those like freak talents. And there's there's the quarterback situation in Texas A&M is pretty um, it's pretty wacko right now. I don't know who's starting exactly, but I know that there's kind of two guys that are in the in a battle for the for the starting quarterback position. But then there's this crazy freshman that came in, and he's probably he's probably going to end up taking the starting job at some point, either this season or definitely next season. And so. Um, it's kind of one of those weird situations where it's like the two guys that are fighting for the starting job right now that have been there at Texas A&M, or I think one guy transferred from LSU last year, but the two kind of like veterans are kind of just waiting it out to see how long it takes for this freshman to come in and, and take that starting job. So that's, uh, that's what's up with Texas A&M this year. Weird uh, quarterback situation. And I also just think it's, it's kind of a waiting game for Texas A&M because for them, since they're in, what is it? The SEC no, they're yeah, SEC West with uh with Alabama, right? With Alabama in their division, they ba- they're basically just waiting for Alabama to make a mistake at this point. They beat Alabama last year at home and it was just this huge deal, but Texas A&M is is one of those teams that like they're not going to be really good enough to overcome Alabama themselves. They're just waiting for Alabama to make a mistake and let one game slip. That's not them basically. And so um, that's, that's where Texas A&M is at. I think over the next couple of years, just with their recruiting class this year, they're going to be fine over the next couple of years. I mean, they're going to be, they're set basically for, 
for at least the next two years. And so Alabama is really the one it's going to, they're going to have the pressure on them. I think Texas A&M is, is probably going to rise up um, in these next couple of years, probably not this year. They're not going to really do anything this year in terms of, you know, anything big, but, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think over the next couple of years, it, you're going to see Alabama maybe slip up here and there. And then Texas A&M is just going to pounce right on that and, and finally do something with their crazy recruiting classes that they've had. Last thing I'm going to say about Texas A&M is uh, they have a safety, a uh, true freshman safety who's coming in. And I don't know if, he, if he's starting right away, but his name is Smoke Bowie. And so that's just another reason why they're going to be good this year, because that's a sweet name. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that that's definitely a, a, a good reason to to be high on a team there. Uh, I definitely agree with Texas A&M. I think they're, you know, because of the recruiting class and everything, you know, just a couple of years and they'll be, because I think it's a lot of it's NIL money, right? So they're, they're assigning a lot of these guys to, you know, basically promising them, hey, you can make millions of dollars if you come to Texas A&M because they have a lot of alumni, a lot of people in their collective, a lot of people who are just willing to, to throw on a lot of money for these recruits. Uh, so now let's move on to the Big Ten. I think... And then we can, we talked about it a lot, Ohio state, they're going to win. They're going to win the big 10. Um, and again, this is kind of with my example, they're going to have to beat Penn state. They're going to have to beat Michigan state. They're going to have to beat Michigan. There's a lot of really good teams in this big 10 East, whereas in the big 10 West, there's really no front runner. And, and the thing is though, despite there being no front runner, you'd say, Oh, well then it's good competition. Yeah. It's a good competition for who's going to win that division, but it's not good competition for whoever they end up playing for the big 10 West, uh, you know, or big 10 East for the big 10 championship overall. So I have Ohio state from the big 10 East. And then I have Minnesota from the big 10 West. Minnesota is really good. Um, and quiet too. I think they have uh, their quarterback. His name is Tanner Morgan. Uh, me and Hayden always make fun of him because he's been there for like eight years now and he's completely bald. He looks like he's, he's 50 bald, years yeah. old. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, right. But he, but I mean, there again, though, you know, he's, he's been a starter for a while. He has a lot of veteran experience. Uh, they did have, I think they had an 11 win season a couple of years ago where they lost like at the very end of the season, but then they played a bowl game against Auburn. They won uh, that game. And it was like this crazy year for Minnesota. And then they kind of got forgotten about, but then last year they had nine wins as well. Right. They came in like fourth in the big 10. So they're a really good team. And I think they bring everyone back. They actually, Muhammad Ibrahim is their running back. He tore his ACL in the first game of the season last year. And he was like, you know, supposed to be the, one of the best running backs in the entire big 10. He was gone for the year and they still figured it out in one nine game. So with him back at running back, Tanner Morgan back at quarterback, I think Minnesota is going to be really underrated this year. And I do think that they're going to make it to the big 10 championship. I don't think they're going to win though, because I have Ohio state, uh, you know, kind of crushing, crushing Minnesota. Um, and just to kind of give you right. So I kind of named the teams in the big 10 East, some of the teams in the big 10 West that are going to be competing, you know, with Minnesota, you have, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, you know, Illinois, some of these teams that are a little bit, it, it, you kind of don't really know what to expect from them, which is why it's a little bit more open. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter because usually whoever wins that division ends up, you know, getting beat in the, uh, in the conference uh, championship. My interesting team for the big 10 is Nebraska. If you're at all involved in kind of just, you know, just casual fan college football, you've, you've probably heard about the Nebraska saga a little bit. They weren't that great or they haven't been that great in the last, you know, few years. So, and it's because they hired a coach named Scott Frost. Now, before Scott Frost, Nebraska had a coach game named Bo Pelini and his record there was, I think like 67 and 27, which is really good. But Nebraska way back in like the two early two thousands, they were winning champion, winning, you know, football championships. And so that's kind of their standard. So they said, all right, we're going to get rid of Bo Pelini. We're going to hire Scott Frost. Now, Scott Frost used to coach UCF. 
think about them, right? 10 years ago, UCF went 13 and 0. They were undefeated. They had the best team in you know, kind of the group five area, but they've always been on top. Their offenses have been amazing. So Scott Frost was the head coach of UCF and he went to Nebraska and I think played football there. And so they were like, all right, Nebraska, we're going to get rid of Bo Pelini, even though he's done. Okay. We're going to hire Scott Frost because he's our guy, right? He, he went here. He's our alumni and he's coaching at UCF. Who's this amazing, you know, group of five team. Scott Frost is going to be able to build this program up. And he's done, he's done absolutely nothing. He has a losing record right now. I think he's like 15 and 30, uh, uh, or something uh and and just and just hasn't been able to do it and we saw in week zero right that was that game Norton Nebraska played Northwestern Nebraska was 13 and a half point favorites they were supposed to win this game by two touchdowns and they lost the game outright and it's just been this con the, the continuous avalanche of just them failing over and over again when they have so much expectations and and everything built on top of the program and how good they're supposed to be so that's kind of the story here is like, will Nebraska actually even reach a bowl game? Because that they haven't even done that under Scott Frost. And that, again, to meet your future bowl game, you only need six wins. Um, so I saw this crazy stat just to finish up here. Crazy stat uh, was if Scott Frost wins his next 50 games straight for Nebraska, he still won't have as good of a record as Bo Pelini, their last coach did. So come on. I mean, what are we doing, Nebraska? We got to figure this out. Scott Frost has to figure this out because if he doesn't, I think if he doesn't get to a bowl game this year, he is fired. And Nebraska's like, wait, what do we do now? Because this was guy was supposed to be the savior. And I don't think they have any plans for what's coming after. So definitely be on the lookout for Nebraska. If they're not going to do well this year, it's it's kind of going to be over for Scott Frost. If they are good this year, then maybe they can build it up, right? Maybe they can actually learn from this. They can really kind of improve the program and hopefully get to back to where they were, uh, you know, basically 20 years ago at this point, uh, really competing for national championship in college football. All right. Yeah, I've got Ohio state over Wisconsin in this, in this big 10 championship. Again, you can't have Ohio state over Michigan here. Obviously if that was possible, Matt and I would both have them in the big 10 championship, but Wisconsin is one of those teams. They almost always have a really, really good defense, but then they also don't really have a good offense really like that's that's kind of Wisconsin's normal uh normal team dynamic and I it's probably gonna be the same way this year I don't know I haven't read much too much into them but I mean I think we all agree that Ohio State is is by far the best team in in the Big Ten or at least they're the best team over any other team in in the Big Ten uh what is it east yeah so yeah um so Ohio State's gonna win that win that or win that conference and then my interesting team is Michigan. So <laughs> here we go. But uh but yeah, Michigan is uh so if you if you guys don't know, actually last year this whole QB situation started. So I talked about the QB situation with Texas AM. I would say that this Michigan QB situation is even more interesting. And that is because there is a there, there's a two quarterback setup right now. They kind of use two quarterbacks right now, but everybody is looking at this Michigan team and saying you guys need to pick one because a two quarterback system almost never works, especially in college football, especially when you're a team as good as Michigan, because two quarterbacks, I mean, yeah, if, if you have two quarterbacks, you might as well have zero quarterbacks because it's it just, it never really works. And so they've got this one guy, JJ McCarthy, who is more explosive player. He's the more athletic one. He makes big plays. He's a very exciting player. And then you have Cade McNamara, who is the less exciting player, but he's kind of the more consistent guy he'll, you know, he'll go under center. He'll get a few yards every play and he'll, he'll move you down the field, not in really a, in, in an exciting way, but he'll move you down the field. Right. You know, kind of that smash mouth football type of deal. 
that we are kind of used to with Michigan. But in this era, we see all the good teams kind of, you know, have these flashy quarterbacks and have these have these offenses that can make huge plays. And I don't think that Cade McNamara is the answer for that. I do think that they're going to move to J.J. McCarthy as their QB one and as their starter for the whole game rather than switching between both of those guys. I think they're going to move to J.J. McCarthy being that guy sooner rather than later this season. I was honestly surprised. I think that last season, J.J. McCarthy made a statement or, or made his case to be the, the full starter this year. But in their first game, they still had a um, kind of switch off between both of them. But Cade, uh, uh, sorry, J.J. McCarthy definitely proved that he's the more exciting player. He he made a couple really big plays in that game. And so I think that it's just kind of a matter of time before he takes over the starting job there. And, uh, and I think that they're going to be, I mean, yeah, since he's an exciting player, they're going to be more exciting to watch. And I think they're going to have more confidence in him. I, I hate to say it about Cade McNamara because I kind of relate to Cade McNamara in, in a way, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to kind of stay in the mix for, for much longer. And then the second thing I have to say about Michigan is just that their season depends on their game on November 26th against Ohio state. And same, same with Ohio state, really. I mean, we saw last year, Ohio state lost to Michigan and it was, it was at Michigan. And so this year it's at Ohio state, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, both of these teams, Ohio state and Michigan, whoever wins that game between them, that rivalry game is going to be the big 10 champion. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty self-explanatory there. Again, Michigan knows that they just need to beat Ohio state once to be the big 10 champion. And then, you know, obviously they'll play a team like Wisconsin or Minnesota in, in the big 10 championship after that. But assuming both of these teams, Ohio state and Michigan go undefeated up until November 26th, when they play each other, it's going to be um, it's, it's just going to be up to that game. And, Michigan's whole season relies on that. So obviously just be on the lookout for that. That's always one of the best games of the year to watch, whether they're, whether Michigan is good or not. And now they've proven that they're good again. They were kind of lackluster for the past few years, but they've proven that they're good again. And so uh, I think that Ohio state is still kind of a little bit scared of that, but since Ohio state has their game at home this year, I think that Ohio state will take that game and obviously end up big 10 champions like Matt and I both picked. I, completely agree on the Michigan point. I, I seriously, so their win total, which is essentially kind of the, you know, what Las Vegas expects the, you know, for betting wise, how many games are going to win it's nine and a half. So you either bet over or under, I actually bet the over on Michigan nine and a half. I think they're going to win all their games. I think the, really the only game they're going to lose is Ohio state. But, but as Hayden mentioned, if they end up winning that game, which they did last year, then they'll do it right. They'll win the big 10. So that's kind of, I think a great point by Hayden is like, yes, Ohio state is this very dominant team. And, 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 you know, they were just as good last year. They're bringing back, you know, they're probably gonna be better this year. Um, and so it really does come down to that game. And we're expecting Ohio state to, to just run through every single person or every, you know, every single team on their schedule. If they do slip up one time and it's against Michigan, Michigan's going to take right over and basically just kind of still, you know, make true everything that we were saying before. I think, you know, Michigan's going to beat the crap out of whatever team they end up playing if they make it to the uh, conference championship. So uh, yeah, completely agree on that. Ohio state is, is, is the class of the conference, but Michigan is a close second and they're bringing back and they have a lot of talent. Their, their schedule is actually really easy too. So they'll end up winning a lot of their games. They have like eight straight home games to start the years, you know, which is classic Michigan don't schedule anybody uh you know at a conference or anything like that so um really good there I think on the big 10 again it's it's going to be kind of a, an interesting slash non-interesting conference uh to watch here because it's just a couple dominant teams and that's really much it in terms of a conference that 
has a lot of cut that completely up in the air. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's the Big 12. Okay. There's Oklahoma, there's Baylor, there's Texas, there's Texas Tech, there's Kansas State, there's Kansas. There's a lot of good teams in here, right? There's Oklahoma State, didn't even mention them. Last year, we saw Baylor beat Oklahoma State in the conference championship. Really, really surprising thing kind of there. Baylor two years ago went two and nine or two and three and nine, two and ten, something like that. Their coach was Dave Aranda, who actually used to be the defensive coordinator at LSU when they were amazing, won the championship with Joe Burrow and all that. Dave Aranda came into Baylor his first year. They were terrible. His second year, they win the conference, right? They went, I think, 12-2 and two last year. They didn't have a star quarterback. They didn't have a star running back, but their defense was solid, and their offensive scheme is really what got them to be so good. And so they kind of just came out of nowhere, and they did it, right? And and I think that, you know, they they didn't lose. They lost a, a few players, but they didn't lose a ton. And so it's kind of like nobody's really talking about them. And so I think that, you know, it's kind of like what, you know, what's going to end up happening here. I think the big story, though, is Oklahoma, right? Last year they had a very down year uh, considering everything that Lincoln Riley had previously built there, right, with all the quarterbacks they'd had in the past. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, um, for getting another Kyler Murray, of course, one also won the Heisman Trophy, right? They, they've gotten to the playoff however many times in his tenure there. Now Lincoln Riley is gone, and Brent Venables, who was the previous defensive coordinator of, of Clemson, steps in to be the Oklahoma uh, head coach. So you're like, all right, well, what's left, right? Because we also know that Spencer Rattler, who was supposed to be the best quarterback in his class, comes to Oklahoma, and he struggled a little bit, right? He wasn't that good. Caleb Williams comes in, takes over, and it completely changes the offense. But in that time, because of the kind of the quarterback situation that they were having, deciding who they were going to play, they ended up losing a few games. They didn't even compete for the conference championship last year. This year, obviously, you have Caleb Williams, who's transferred to USC. Spencer Rattler has transferred to South Carolina. So who do we have a quarterback now for Oklahoma? It's Dylan Gabriel. Again, another UCF mention. He played at UCF for the past three years, I think. And the his offensive coordinator at UCF was a guy named Jeff Lebby. Jeff Lebby is now the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. So really what happened was Brent Venables comes over from, you know, Clemson, he's defensive coordinator Clemson. and he comes and he, he takes over the head coaching job at Oklahoma and everybody's like, oh my gosh, Oklahoma has, has had these offensive minded head coaches for the last however long that's how they've been so good, right, recently. Now they're going to bring in a defensive guy. How is their offense going to be able to compete? Well, why don't you just go get one of the best group of five, you know, but UCF, probably, you know, a historic group of five conference team, get their quarterback and their offensive coordinator, and you should be fine on the offensive end. And I completely agree with that. We saw it yesterday. They beat the crap out of UTEP. Obviously, you know, we was really expecting UTEP to be to be competing in that game. But either way, they looked good, right? They 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 scored a lot of points on offense. Dylan Gabriel is really talented. Um, I think he's going to do really good. He's going to put up a, a ton of numbers. So I think, and again, this is kind of that thing is like, because Oklahoma had a down year last year and they didn't compete for the Big 12 championship and Lincoln Riley is now at USC, everybody's just going to be going to be down on Oklahoma. Everybody's going to say, ah, they, you know, they're going to lose all their games or, you know, they're not going to really be able to continue what they have been for the past, you know, five to 10 years here. I think they're still just as good. And two, the rest of the Big 12 isn't that good, right? If we had a stack team that was, you know, building up for however many years and, and, and you know, has, has been working towards this point and they're going to win the Big 12 this year, then fine. Okay, I get it. You know, th- th- maybe they'll uh, take over. I have Oklahoma winning this conference. I think that their talent level is just above the rest of the teams. So despite what you hear, I think Oklahoma is just they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to win uh, the Big 12 championship. I have them winning over Baylor because, like I said, it just seems like whatever this coach Dave Aranda does, 
he just wins, right? He has a solid team regardless. Um, Baylor's a tough place to go to. They play tough, they play hard. And so I think that they're, I think they're just going to kind of do again what they did last year and nobody's really going to expect it. So uh, I think I have a little bit Oklahoma over, over Baylor in my, in my conference championship is, is probably not a very widely picked uh, choice. Nobody really agrees with me on that one, but that's what I'm going to do. My interesting team is Texas. Texas is who knows? <laughs> We've heard a lot about Texas because obviously they got Quinn Ewers, who is the best quarterback in, in his class, you know, two years ago. You know, you have Steve Sarkeesian, the coach, he comes over, right? They, you know, they had all these crazy stuff happen last year, right? They lose a lot of games. They get a really good recruiting class, but it, they always just seem to never be able to put it together. Uh, and so that's wh- why they're my interesting team this year is I am once again going to be very down on Texas. And so, you know, in, in kind of a opposition to our normal, uh, you know, routing of an interesting team, I think Texas is going to be interesting because I think everybody's expecting them to be good. And I don't think they will be. So we'll see because they they do, they have a lot of talent, but they always just seem to not be able to put it together in the right moments to win those games that they're supposed to win. And it is going to, we are going to see very quickly. And that is because this coming Saturday, Alabama is going to Texas and we're going to see what's going to happen there. If Texas is able to hold their own, Texas might be back. But in my mind, I don't think they're going to even have a chance. I think they're going to be losing by like 30 at halftime because Alabama is that good. And so now then we're going to see all this hype around Texas that's been going on for you know, the whole offseason it's going to come to a, a screeching halt. And I think that's just going to set the tone for their season. I don't think they're going to do very well. Already, my prediction for this championship game, this Big 12 championship game, is going to be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So they obviously play them. They play each other once during the regular season, and I think they're going to play each other again in the Big 12 championship. Now, this is pretty key to my prediction because I have Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma in my Big 12 championship game, and that is because I don't think Oklahoma is going to be able to beat Oklahoma State twice. I think both of these teams, regardless of of who wins the regular season game, I think both of them are going to get to the Big 12 championship game. But I also do think that Oklahoma State, I think it's going to come down to defense in this situation. Oklahoma State's offense is still pretty solid with with uh, Spencer Sanders there. That's another guy that we've just that Matt and I have talked about before, just being like he's been there for like 50 years and he just never seems to never seems to graduate. And he, I mean, but again, like Matt said about Tanner Morgan at Minnesota, he's a seasoned veteran at this point, right? So Spencer Sanders, he knows how to, what he has to do and go out there and, and uh, you know, to win a game against Oklahoma. I don't know if he's ever won a game against Oklahoma because again, like Matt said, the past few years that he's been there, it's been Lincoln Riley and that crazy offense. But now that it's Brent Venables at, uh, at Oklahoma, he's a defensive guy as well. He was, he was, he's the former defensive coordinator of Clemson and he's now at, at Oklahoma. So I think it's going to be a, a defensive game, honestly, that that championship game between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. But if you guys didn't know, Oklahoma State had a crazy defense last year. I think they led. So they led the they led the nation in sacks. They were second in the nation in tackles for loss, and they led the Big 12 in total scoring defense. So their defense is real, you know, and, and the, the problem in the Big 10 kind of historically has been defense like the defense or defenses in the big 12 are just always lackluster. Nobody ever really has a good defense in the big 12, but I think now we're starting to see a shift towards, okay, the big 12, you know, Oklahoma hiring Brent Venables to hopefully kind of bring that defensive mind to Oklahoma. And then, and then Oklahoma state, obviously having that powerhouse defense last year that 
I don't think a lot of people are talking about. They, uh, I think they lost a star safety to Ohio State. I think he transferred to Ohio State. Oklahoma State's uh, star safety did, but I think they have. I think they have some um, some good guys, you know, coming in and and kind of replacing him. And I think a couple linebackers they're losing as well, or, or D linemen. But they've got, um, you know, they've got good guys to replace those guys. So I think that this season again, Oklahoma State's probably going to lead the the Big Twelve in terms of overall defense. Who knows? They might even lead the nation again in in, in sacks and tackles for loss and everything like that. So I think even even though Oklahoma is probably going to have a pretty good defense with Brent Venables there, I think that Oklahoma State is going to have a better defense. That's what it's going to come down to. So that's why I've got Oklahoma State winning this. And then my interesting team here is Kansas. If you guys know, Kansas is probably the worst team in the Power Five. Well, not really. I mean, you could argue like Vanderbilt and all them, but like Kansas is one of the worst teams in in all the Power Five conferences total and so yeah they're just they've just have never really been good and um and matt can tell you a little bit about their coach here in a little bit but i don't know i i don't really believe in them but i think their 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 coach has like some crazy winning record in, in division three um and and his 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 pass is just like really i think he coached at buffalo as well and so his pass is just like really it's really promising but again it's you know it's not on the on the big 12 level but hopefully uh, their new coach will be able to will be able to do something. Matt, you, you got something to say about their new coach? Yeah, his name is Jeff Leopold uh, or Leopold. I, it's a weird spelling, but either way, uh, yeah, Hayden's right. Well, sort of. So actually, about 15 years ago, Kansas, there's this crazy situation in 2007 where if Kansas had beat West Virginia, they would be play, they would have been playing for the national championship. They were number two in the country, and they were actually one of the best teams uh, ever. And then West Virginia comes in and beats them, and then they have pretty much ever since then they've been absolutely horrible. It's just a combination of bad recruiting, bad coaching, kind of just a bad combination of everything there at Texas, at Kansas. And because of that, it's just kind of you know led to this domino effect where they're never good and they're never in contention. They never get good recruits and everything like that. They finally find Jeff Leopold, who he coached in Division Three, I think in Division Two. He won like six straight national championships there. Obviously, it's a it's a different level of football. And then he went to University of Buffalo, uh, who it, you know Buffalo's in the MAC, so it's kind of like one of the worst conferences uh, in, 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 you know, in all of college football, but he coached that they were horrible when he got there, he coached them up, they were winning Mac championships. Right. Uh, And so that kind of proved him as a head coach, he can coach on all these different levels. So now Kansas has him. And last year, I think was a perfect example in previous years, Kansas, it didn't even look like they wanted to play last year. They actually had a good team they just didn't have the talent to be able to beat the teams that they were playing. Right. So it's going to take a few years for him to get some recruiting classes under his belt to get kind of his scheme, offensive, defensive uh, positions where he wants everything to be, but you could tell a difference in this team and how they were performing and just, them wanting to play more uh they won two games last year one of them was over a, an fcs team that i don't even remember and the other was over texas okay so they beat texas last year and that's a huge deal especially for kansas team who you know they probably hadn't beaten texas in like 30 years this year they're coming back i think they're going to be better than last year again it's not like they're going to be like again this is not an, a, a, an example of an interesting team that we think can win you know or contend to win the big 12 conference not even close it may be there in 5 years but the pre, the point is I think they're just going to keep getting better every single year and so they've been a laughing stock of the entire college football world at large for the last you know basically 10 to 15 years but now they have the guy they write guy that they need to be coaching their team and i think they're gonna 
build the program up the right way. And so, and it's, it's just a good story. It's just good to see that they're going to kind of, you know, actually be able to have a, a, a decent team here coming up in the next few years. So moving on to the ACC now, and another team similar to Oklahoma, where last year they didn't have a really good year. And so everybody's just completely writing them off. It's Clemson. They went 10 and three last year. So if we're, if the standard of Clemson now is, oh, well, Clemson sucks because they went 10 and three. Well, that's like the best possible case scenario for every single other team in the entire country winning 10 games. Clemson did that last year and basically everybody just wrote them off. The biggest story for Clemson here is going to be quarterback play. So they have a quarterback named DJ Uyunglele uh, from Hawaii, obviously, as as the name suggests. Uh, and he's number five and they call him Big Cinco, which is super, uh, a super cool nickname. The problem is he kind of sucks at being a quarterback right he played in a he replaced trevor lawrence in a notre dame game a couple years ago he was amazing he comes in last year everybody has so much such high expectations for him oh my god he's gonna be the and he was really really bad so if he's able to complete and and you get better than he was last year then i think clemson's just gonna run through the acc uh similar to what they've done basically the last you know seven, eight years. And if not, if he's not that good, they have a, a freshman quarterback five-star named Cade Klubnik, who they'll probably just put in there and he should be just as good too. The star of this team is the defense. They're not going to let anybody score. I think they're just going to win the ACC outright. Uh, it's not going to be a real trouble for them very much. And so I think that everybody's kind of counting out Clemson, but I think they're going to be just as good this year as they have been in the past five to six years. I think they're going to beat Miami in the conference championship. Miami has been building a program for a while now. They have a new coach, Mark. Cristobal, who used to be at Oregon. So that's a pretty big move. I mean, Oregon's a really good team and has had a really good team for a while now. He's moving from Oregon to Miami. Miami has a ton of money in this NIL stuff and all these spaces where these guys are just willing to throw money at the players and they'll get really good recruits. And Mario Cristobal is, I think, a good person to be coaching that team. They have a quarterback named Tyler Van Dyke uh, who returns. He was really good last year as a freshman. He returns this year. I think Miami is going to be really good. So I think that Clemson is going to beat Miami in the conference championship for the ACC. My interesting team is Wake Forest. Now, last year, I think they won 11 games. They competed in the, in the, in the where they played uh, Pitt in the ACC championship game they had a great team their defense was solid but their star the star of their team was a guy named what's his name a guy named Sam Hartman. So he was the star of the team. I mean he threw for like 4000 yards and 40 yards 40 touchdowns last year. It was insane, right? Like two weeks before the season started, we just get this breaking news that he has an undisclosed medical injury or medical condition and might not be able to play at all this season. And obviously your head unfortunately goes straight to like, does this guy have cancer? Like what is going on here? They still haven't said, but they said that hopefully he'll be able to come back this year. Obviously, that's the hope. Like, we want this guy to be able to come back. And I just love it that, like, this small little school in North Carolina has been absolutely just coming up and dominating the ACC for the last few years. But now they lost their, lost their star player. So it's going to be interesting to see, are they able to continue that success? Or was Sam Hartman really, really the reason why Wake Forest has been so good over the past few years? All right. Yeah, that's a really good assessment of, of Wake Forest. And it's really sad that Sam Hartman has had this kind of tragic, really – condition that's come up because yeah he was he was honestly going to be maybe even a contender for for the Heisman definitely for ACC player of the year but um but yeah I, th I think he came in second behind uh Devin Leary for ACC player of the year last year and he was probably going to be he was definitely going to be in contention this year but yeah really sad really sad news there about him but my ACC prediction for the championship game it's probably the weirdest one I have yet but it's going to be NC State winning over Pitt and so here's the thing. NC State 
if you guys don't know, they are probably the most overlooked team in college football. They they were last year at least. They had they had the best quarterback in the ACC, Devin Leary. He's coming back again this year. Um, they had one of the best defenses last year, and guess what? They're returning eight starters from their defense last year. That's I mean that mean that leaves only three guys that aren't returning starters. But I think a couple of those three guys are linebackers who were injured last season, and they're going to come back from injury and obviously they're going to be very good. And they were, they were starters before they got injured. So they're basically returning a whole defense worth of starters. And that's going to be key because who they have to play on October 1st, they're going to have to play Clemson in death Valley on October 1st. That is the key game this season for them. It usually is because Clemson's the best, you know, obviously the best team in the ACC and they're ranked number four right now, but I am going to say right now, do not be surprised <laughs> if NC state makes this a game or if they even come out with a win, because it's probably going to happen. I don't know if it's, I don't know if they're going to win, but they're at least going to make it a game. They're going to, they're going to give Clemson a run for their money and they just have a great team this year. They lost Icky Ikim Iguanu to, uh, to the NFL this year. He was a huge part of their offense last year. They're not, I mean, you're not going to really replace a guy like that. You're not going to replace the talent of that kind of guy on an, on an offensive line, but uh, I think their their left tackle that they have replacing him is good enough. You know, he's he's good enough to protect Devin Leary's backside or blind side. So I think NC State is going to be great again this year. Um, and that's why I have them winning, uh, winning over Pitt. Now, you might be wondering, OK, well, you know, if if you have Pitt in the in the ACC championship game as well, you know, why, why are you talking about them? Well, I'll give you I'll give you a little spiel about their defense. They have one of the best defenses in the country, not only the ACC, but the country. I don't know which defense is better. It's probably going to be, it's probably going to end up being NC State's, but Pitt has one of the best front sevens in the country. Their secondary is, their secondary is all right. They had that crazy uh, pick six in their first game against West Virginia. They won on a game winning pick six. Yes. Yes. That's exactly who they played. They played West Virginia. And so they had, you know, they had that, that pick six. And so I guess you could say that their secondary is, uh, sound there, but yeah, the, the star of this defense is the front seven. They're all super fast. They get, they get to the quarterback really fast. And so I think Pitt's going to be a pretty underrated team this season as well. They started off well with a, you know, with, with a win over West Virginia, their rival. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how that goes, but yeah, I do have NC state winning because NC state is in the same division as Clemson. And so I think I, I believe, I believe in them to do it. And so I think, you know, just kind of going out on a limb here and, and picking NC state to, to get to the championship game over Clemson. That's, that's where I'm going with this pick. So let's move on to the pack 12, Matt. Yeah, no, completely agree with the NC state pick pretty much the same. I think the NC state versus NC state versus Clemson game is very similar to the Ohio state versus Michigan game. It's basically like yeah, whoever sure. wins those two games are going to win their respective conferences. Mm -hmm. uh, so going to be, going to be cool to see who ends up coming out on top of those. Pac-12 is a little bit all over the place. Um, they do have divisions. So there's a Pac-12 North and a Pac-12 South. But this year, actually for the first year, they're doing away with the divisions in terms of which teams make it to the Pac-12 championship, which is, I think, how it should be. And that's how pretty much all the other conferences are going to get eventually. But, you know, some of them still have divisions, whatever. So anyway, we basically have all the, all the teams to choose from here from the Pac-12. So I am picking Utah to beat UCLA in the Pac-12 championship. This is a little bit off the board, I think. Utah, obviously, we saw last night, had a very, very disheartening defeat at Florida. 
but at the same time, that's a weird out of conference game. You're in, you're, you're going to Florida at the, you know, at the beginning of September in the heat and humidity and Utah's not used to that. And it's a road game and they're a top 10 team and they're playing Florida who Florida's not ranked, but they're in the SEC and they have a great team. And they have a new coach. It was just a weird setup and a bad, just bad mojo for, for Utah to be even playing in that game, but they did it. They should have won. They threw a pick in the end zone, like right at the last second, they, they, Easily could have sent us to overtime or just won the game right out, right? But anyway, they ended up losing. I think they're going to take this loss toughly, but I think that they're going to come back with a vengeance. I think they're going to win probably the rest of their games, or if if not, lose like you know maybe one or two games. Their home field is probably one of the best in college football. They're a tough team. They have a lot of almost, I think, their entire offense returning from last year, who, if you remember, they won the Pac-12 last year. They went to the Rose Bowl. They played Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and that was probably the best Rose Bowl game I've ever seen. It was like 55 to 50, and it was just like touchdown after touchdown back and forth. It was the it was such a good game. I think they're going to repeat. I think they're going to win the Pac-12 again. I think there's a lot of hype around a lot of their teams, but I think Utah is just super solid, and they're going to do it, uh, end up doing it again. UCLA kind of the same way you know they're bringing back dorian thompson robinson short we shortened that to dtr uh which is i think a pretty cool nickname they have zach charbonnet as their running back who used to be the running back from michigan he transferred over chip kelly is the head coach of ucla in case you didn't realize that or remember that um he's still doing that so i think ucla is gonna be good i think they've kind of just for the last past few years they just lost the game that they weren't supposed to lose and so that ends up kind of you know shortening their season a little bit but i think this year they're going to be back they're going to be you know some they're going to be pretty serious and i think they're going to do well and end up playing utah in the conference championship my interesting team is going to be oregon we saw them play last night and they looked absolutely horrible so really it's just going to come down to whether or not Oregon can actually get their stuff together and, and end up winning, you know, a games that they should win. They played Georgia, right? So obviously you expect them to lose to Georgia. They were 17 point underdogs and they ended up losing by 46 points. So it wasn't even a competitive game. And I love that too, just as an aside, and I know we're going late here too, but like, why, why is ESPN hyping up this game as if it's going to be like the 3:30 primetime matchup, the game of the season, it ended 49 to three. <laughs> what are we talking about? It was not a competitive game and it wouldn't, nobody knew, everybody knew it wouldn't be right. So anyway, that's just my thing with the advertising, whatever, of all these games, Oregon has quarterback Bo Nix, who used to play for Auburn. He transferred to Oregon and they're kind of always a solid team, but they're never really like, you know, dominant. Like they were, you know, about 10, 10 years ago, obviously with Marcus Marriott and all that. So I think they're going to be interesting, but I don't think they're really going to compete much. You know, I think there's a lot of other stronger teams. And so it's going to be kind of on, their new coach, Dan Lanning, he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia last year. So that amazing defense that Georgia had, the guy who was leading that defense is now the head coach of Oregon. So hopefully they can kind of, you know, take this loss to heart, uh, put some stuff together and, and, and really come out and, and, and make some noise. I just don't really see it happening in, you know, this specific year. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Bo Nix yesterday, he, poor yeah. guy, he looked, he looked terrible. Classic Bo Nix. <laughs> yeah. He was just, uh, there was just one interception where he threw. And it was, I think it was the Georgia safety, one of the Georgia safeties. He just absolutely read the crap out of Bo Nix. Like he, it was one of those interceptions where it was, I, I think it was like a seam route to the tight end. First of all, there was already two guys covering the tight end. Bo Nix just like throws this bullet to the tight end up the seam and the safety comes down. He's already sprinting towards the ball when it's in the air. It was one of those inter interceptions where he just, it's just, it just happens in a millisecond and he just catches it and doesn't even break stride. And he just like returns it for a touchdown. It was just, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, also the Georgia defense is insane as they were last year, but, uh, but yeah, it was just a classic, classic Bo Nix, um, Bo Nix moment there. So for my pack 12 last conference of the day, 
I'm going UC, USC over Utah in the, in the Pac-12 championship. I think that US, I mean, well, we all know, okay, USC has Lincoln Riley now. He brought over Caleb, Caleb Williams with him from Oklahoma. Caleb Williams is one of the most exciting players in, in college football. I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting about USC. When they're talked about, everybody's like, oh, yeah, USC. You know, they've got Lincoln Riley. They've got a really good team. They got a lot of good recruits out of California. And they're going to be good. I mean, th- there's no question about that. Do I think they're going to beat Utah? I, I kind of hope so. I don't know. I, th- I think Utah is a little bit overrated this season. Like, they're, they're a good team, but I don't know if there's much that really stands out about their team. Now, you could say, okay, well, you know, they don't really have much pressure on their side. But I think they do. I mean, I, they're, they're ranked really high. They were ranked really high at the end of last season. And like Matt said, you know, they won, they won the Pac-12 championship, which was great. But I think that USC now with with Lincoln Riley and and this crazy offense that they're going to have because obviously it's I mean it's it's a Lincoln Riley offense. USC is going to have a crazy offense this year. I don't know about their defense much, but um, but yeah, I think USC is going to be very dominant again. And USC's back. Everybody's talking about okay, well, is USC finally going to return to their dominant form that they used to be? You know, back in like kind of the early two thousands and everything like in two thousand tens even, but. Yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be back. Obviously, it's going to take a couple of years for them to kind of form into that crazy, crazy powerhouse. But I think they're going to pull off a win against Utah in the in the Pac-12 championship this year. My interesting team is is USC. So that's um, I don't know. I, I didn't really have another team that I wanted to talk about in the Pac-12. Matt knows more about the Pac-12 than I do. I kind of focus more on the other four conferences. I don't. I use. I I don't know why. It's like the Pac-12. I never really know much about. I think it's because they play their games so late. So like a lot of their games are at 10 o'clock at night. And so I start watching them, but I don't really watch the end of them. And then the next morning I kind of just forget to watch or forget to check who won those games. And so it's kind of a weird dynamic with the PAC 12 and me, but I don't hate the PAC 12. I I think it's a cool conference. I just don't, I never really know much about it. I just know that. Yeah. Like Matt said, UCLA is one of those teams that always loses a game that they're just Game, or two games that they're just not supposed to lose at all. Like they'll lose against like Stanford or something. And it's like, dude, why are you like, why you're UCLA? You have DTR. D- I actually watched DTR um, when he was in the elite 11 that with like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and all them. He was, he was part of that elite 11 group, which is a quarterback competition, basically of all the best quarterbacks in high school. Um, and so he was in that QB competition with, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Matt Corral, actually. So they were all in that like group. And I watched that on YouTube. So, um, so I know, I know, you know, a good bit about DTR, but yeah, that's probably all I'll say, all I'll say about the Pac-12 because I'm kind of all over the place here, but yeah, Matt, what do you think? I think that's, that's definitely good. Yeah. I think you're right. They, they play their games so late. They don't get East coast recognition and also, they always beat up on each other. That's the real reason we don't hear about them is because they're never making it to the college football championship. They're never making it to these really big bowl games. They're never making it to the college football playoff nowadays either because it ends up always being like the team that you really are like, oh, my gosh, they can make Oregon last year. Perfect example. They would have been undefeated, right? But they lost to Stanford, who won like three games. And Stanford used to be really good, but they're not anymore. And they just lose this random game. So they always beat up on each other. And there's never any team that really like – makes their presence known. Obviously, Oregon, like 10 years ago, like I said, when they had Marcus Mariota and Chip Kelly was their coach, they were just absolutely dominant. They were making it all the time. But now just the Pac-12 is just kind of, they do it to themselves, really, which is kind of unfortunate. So anyway, we're going to get into our uh, college football playoff predictions right now, the four teams that we think are going to make it, as well as what our champion uh, is going to look like. And it's going to look a little bit similar between us, I'm going to (laughs) say. 
So anyway, so obviously number one overall seed for me is Alabama. Number two is Georgia. Number three is Ohio State. Number four is Clemson. Again, pretty much just the my conference champions of the top four conferences, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be similar to last year where probably, you know, either Alabama is going to be Georgia or Georgia's going to be Alabama in the SEC championship. And then they're still going to be number one and number two because the college football playoff and whoever decides all this, whatever, they don't want Alabama and Georgia, Georgia to play in the first game because think about it, the number one seed plays the number four seed. So they can't have it. So whatever, however they make it end up being Georgia, the three seed, whatever it ends up being, um, they're not going to have Alabama and Georgia play each other because I think they're still going to both, both going to make it. Ohio State, obviously, like I said, pretty much if Michigan beats Ohio State in that game, replace this with Michigan. But I do think Ohio State's going to win it this year. And then Clemson, again, they won 10 games last year and they're going to be better this year and they're going to win the ACC. They're going to make it to the college football playoff. I think they're already ranked in the top 10. As long as they just don't lose like more than two games, I think they're going to make it and they win the, they win the ACC. I think they're going to be in. Uh, but it, I don't think it matters because I think Alabama is going to beat them very handily and Alabama's going to move on to the championship. And then I have Alabama or sorry, Georgia versus Ohio state. This is probably going to be one of the best games all year if it ever happens. And I'm, I'm going to go with Ohio state. I just think that their offense just is, it's just insane. It's absolutely crazy. Georgia's defense is not as historic as it was last year. So I think that, you know, those little hiccups are going to cause or, or allow Ohio state to score a little bit more points on them. And Georgia's offense, I don't think we'll be able to keep up with Ohio state. So I have Ohio state moving on in that game and beating Georgia. And then for the championship, I have Alabama beating Ohio state just because those are going to be, those are the two best teams in the country. They're ranked number one and two right now. I don't think any of that's going to change. Unfortunately, that's just the way the college football is but it'll still be exciting to watch. And so that's kind of how I have my championship ending up. I, again, I hope I'm wrong and I hope that there's craziness that happens and we get end up with, you know, some, some insane teams, but we'll definitely be able to look back on this when we do find out, you know, the college football playoff and the championship and everything to kind of see if our predictions were right. So those are my predictions. Hayden, what do you got? Do you have anything different or not? So I've got one different team and I've got one team that's similar but in a different spot. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to follow there, but I've got one Alabama. I think we kind of all agree that Alabama is going to not lose a game. And then I've got number two, Ohio state. I think Ohio state's going to stay number two throughout the whole season. I think basically if, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, th- this is my, my thinking process. If Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, right. Georgia's going to have one loss. If Ohio state, well, if, if Ohio state doesn't lose to Michigan, they're not going to have a loss in my opinion because the rest of their season is is honestly pretty easy, actually really easy. I think the second best team that they play is Michigan State maybe, and that's a pretty easy game as well. So I think that my reasoning for this, for Ohio State being second, is just that they're going to be undefeated, and so is Alabama, and then Georgia's going to have a loss because Alabama and Georgia are going to have to play have to play each other at some point. So I think, I think honestly, Ohio State either way is going to end up number two, even if Georgia somehow beats Alabama in, this, in, in the SEC championship game, I think Alabama will actually fall to three and then Georgia will just be number one and Ohio State will be sitting at that two spot because, again, if we're predicting Ohio State to beat Michigan in, in their last game of the season and then obviously win the Big Ten championship, I think there's no way that they're not number two. So um, so that's going to be – I think it's, I think it's just going to be SEC championship number – or SEC champion number one. Number two is going to be Ohio State or the Big Ten champion – I've got Georgia at three right now. And then uh, number four, I've got USC. I think, it, again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, the playoff right now is basically just the two best SEC teams, which are Alabama and Georgia right now. 
and then you're going to have the Big Ten champion, and then the last team is some miscellaneous team from either the ACC, the Pac-12. We saw Cincinnati from the AAC last year. I don't think we're going to see that really anytime soon again um, because we saw how it worked out with Alabama just absolutely crushing Cincinnati. So, yeah, so I've got USC at four. Um, I think Matt has a good pick with Clemson at, at four being the ACC champion. I just think that since I picked NC State to win the ACC championship over Pitt, um, I, I don't think that that's like the best ACC championship game. And so I think the committee is going to look at that if that happens and be, be like, okay, well, if USC wins the Pac-12 championship or even if, you know, a team like Utah wins a Pac-12 championship, I'm, they're probably going to put the Pac-12 champion in over the ACC champion just because the Pac-12 is is objectively a better conference at this point. And so, yeah, I think the Pac-12 champion is, is going to get into the college football playoff this year. And that's why I have USC in because that's my – Pac-12 champion this year. So I have, uh, I have that as my four. And so I've got Alabama playing USC, obviously, and then Ohio State playing Georgia. I got Alabama and Ohio State in my, um, in my championship game, just like Matt does. Again, they're the two best teams. I think it's going to be a one, two punch there. And uh, I've got Alabama winning over Ohio State because Alabama is just Alabama. And we've kind of said it enough. (laughs) You know, there's just, they're, uh, they're just so good. Nick Saban is best college football coach of all time. So, uh, so yeah, that's where I'm going with my pick and that pretty much ends it off, Matt. How, uh, how do you think we did? Great. And I hope that you, whoever is listening at this point, uh, really appreciates kind of everything that we did do because yes, like we said, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, like it's going to be probably one of those teams that win the championship, but that's not why we watch college football. We watch college football because there's so much, there's so much involved there's fans and there's tradition and there's, you know, everything there's Saturday afternoons and just everything that comes along with it. There's, there's crazy plays and, you know, teams that come out of nowhere and end up winning a lot of games. That's really why, you know, we do the sport and that's why we did the preview first, right. To preview the conferences our interesting teams uh, because that's what matters. I think more so in college football, if you're a fan of the sport. So definitely kind of, you know, take in everything you heard, everything that we said, and really have, hopefully that'll get you excited for college football more so than just, well, we already kind of know who's going to win the, the championship. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's why we do it is, is for those kind of nitpicky and, and more fun matchups, I guess is, um, is, is why we did this episode. So yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. We thought that, you know, these three kind of topics, the college football expansion or playoff expansion, the conference predictions, and then the the college football playoff predictions for this year, we thought that that was going to be the best way to kind of structure this episode and the best way to go about talking about college football, because they're right. There's so many college football teams that it's just, it's hard to kind of pick out what's important and what's not. But I think that, you know, at this point, everybody knows that, power five conferences are the most important. And, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to sit here talking about middle Tennessee state and, uh, and bore you guys like that, which we could, but we're not going to do that because right. That's not a, you know, that's not very practical for the, for the average college football fan. So, right. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back on probably either Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. I think probably airing more on the Wednesday side, just because this episode is coming out on Sunday. Um, And so we might have to kind of change it up a little bit there because we don't really want to, I don't know. I, I think that posting two episodes within the span of two days is a little bit is a little bit much, but we'll see. I don't know. It, it kind of d- depends on our schedules as well. But yeah, you guys, this this coming week, you guys are going to see um, the two episodes coming this coming week. So, you know, Wednesday and Saturday or Wednesday and Sunday or whatever. Um, those are going to be 
uh, NFL win total predictions. So it's going to be, we're going to do NFC as the first one. And then next weekend, you guys are going to see um, AFC win totals be, be put out. And then that's going to be our two episodes there. And then we're finally into football season well, and the NFL season. Um, and then we can kind of just freelance from there and just talk about whatever um, as, as we go along. So again, kind of having these, these four preparation episodes for both college and, and NFL seasons. And then we're, we're off to the races with, you know, once the NFL season starts next weekend. So really pumped about that. Hope you guys are as well. And that's about it. We'll see you guys on Tuesday or Wednesday.